Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from around the world which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? This is the first of two stories this weekend for you. If you're in the UK, you're probably getting a day off school on Monday because of the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, who served Britain and the Commonwealth for over 70 years. We thought we'd mark the occasion with an uplifting story about a king, a queen and a prince. It's a little bit sad because, just like the queen in Britain has died, the king and queen in the story die too. But the story is wise and it has a happy ending for the prince. And for those of you who don't like slightly sad stories, storyteller Amy Douglas has another trickster story for you. So it's a double whammy weekend. Now that's a reason to be cheerful. This first tale is about a fox and a crow. It's from ancient Greece and it's believed to have first been told by a man called Aesop, who was a slave and a storyteller. He was born in about 600 BC. That is a really long time ago. And his stories were passed from one generation to another by word of mouth until they were eventually written down, but not until about 300 years after Aesop had died. So, for 300 years, these stories lasted simply by one grandma telling her grandchildren and then her granddad telling his grandchildren, and it was passed along and simply told. Now, just before we start our story, can you think of any super great kids' stories with foxes or crows in them? While we have a very quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. Did you think of any stories with foxes or crows in them? Well, there's Fox at a Party and The Fox and the Foolish Fishes. Remember that one? And The Crow and the Sparrow and The Crow and the Turtle. I wonder if you remembered any of them. Now it's time for our story which is dedicated to Enzo from Maplewood in New Jersey, who is half Australian and half Dominican. Are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then here's our storyteller, Amy Douglas, with the third story in our Trickster Trilogy. And it's all about a trickster fox. Hello, my name is Amy and I live in a little town called Bishop's Castle. And it's surrounded by countryside in a county called Shropshire in England. And where I live, there are lots of crows, different types of crows. There are crows that wheel around in the sky in hundreds, maybe thousands, all cawing and crawing and croaking to each other. And then there are crows that live on their own. 
and you see them sitting one at a time on a branch and their black shiny eyes watch you as you go past. And we have foxes too. When I go for a walk, there'll sometimes be an elegant orange shadow that slips along the hedgerow and then vanishes into the brambles. I like to walk first thing in the morning or at sunset. Just that change over time when animals are going to bed and getting up. And that's the best time to see foxes. And it's a good time to see crows too. Well, there was once a family of foxes. A mother, a vixen fox, and her cubs. And they would play and roam and hunt and explore in the daytime. And at night, they would all curl up together in their cosy den. And the mother would tell them a story. And the cubs would cuddle up, tail to nose, and listen. One night, she told them a story of a fox. The fox went out walking. It was a beautiful sunny day and his feet were springing as he walked along the path. The white tip of his tail swished from side to side and then mm, he smelt the most delicious smell. He followed his nose and he looked up and there, up in a tree, was a crow. But it wasn't the crow that he smelt. The crow had in its beak a great big fat lump of cheese. That was what the fox could smell. Mm. The fox sat down on his haunches and he looked up and he said, Good morning, Mr Crow. How are you today? The crow said nothing. I said it's a beautiful morning, cousin crow. Doesn't it just make you want to sing the joys of spring when the weather is like this? The crow glared down at the fox. Say, cousin crow, said the fox, I'm not really much of a one for singing. I can feel the, the joy and the urge to sing, but he <laughs> wouldn't like my voice. But you, crow, oh, all the birds say that you are the best singer in all of the forest. Please, will you celebrate this spring day for me and give me a song? Well, the crow was starting to look rather pleased with himself and he drew in a deep breath, opened his beak and... As his beak opened, down, down, down fell the cheese into the waiting jaws that snapped around that beautiful... Juicy piece of cheese. Mmm, 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 said the fox. A mighty fine spring day indeed. Good day to you, Mr. Crow. And off the fox went. <laughs> well, the little fox cubs, they giggled and they wriggled and they chuckled and they laughed and they loved that story. And it was a while before their mother could get them to settle down to sleep. But it was the youngest of the cubs that liked the story best of all. And she tucked her nose under her tail and she thought about the story again. And she saw herself walking out of what she would say and what she would do and how someday foxes would be telling stories about her. She went to sleep with a smile on her face that night. And the next morning she woke up 
and all the cubs they tumbled out of the den. But the youngest, she went off walking on her own that day. She went off exploring on her own. And she was thinking about that story in her head. And as she was thinking about the story, she was thinking so hard about the story, she could almost smell the cheese. She she could smell the cheese. She couldn't believe it. It was so delicious. Oh, a smell a weak old mould. A smell of ooh, sweaty socks. A smell of teenage armpits. She looked up. There was a crow. (gasps) Sat on a branch and inside its beak, sure enough, was a great big fat juicy piece of cheese. It smelt so good she could almost see the smell curling down through the air towards her nose. She sat down on her haunches and she looked up at the crow with her sweetest fox smile and said, Good morning, Mr Crow. The crow glared at her. Isn't it a lovely morning, Mr Crow? The crow's eyes, bright and unblinking, were cold. Mr Crow, I heard that of all the birds in the forest, you have the sweetest, most beautiful singing voice. Could you sing me a song? Those eyes that had been cold turned frosty. The crow's wings hunched up and he stirred, glaring at that fox and she could feel the anger radiating out down towards her. She withered underneath it. All of the bravado, all of the bounce seeped out of her until she was just a very small, very young little fox. She looked up at the crow with big eyes. I'm sorry, Mr Crow. I just heard this really good story last night, but I, I, I think you might have heard it too. The crow looked at her, nodded its head up and down, turned round on the branch with its back to her. Mr Crow? The crow ignored her. Mr Crow, the little fox was thinking fast. Mr Crow, please, I'm just a a silly fox. A young fox. Nobody's ever going to tell stories about me, but you, you are an old wise crow. You know so much. You'd never be outfoxed by a little fox like me. And the crow began to preen a little sat up a little straighter. Mr Crow, please, could you tell me a little bit about how you learnt to be so clever and so wise? The crow looked back over his shoulder at the little fox. She made her eyes as big and wide as she could. Please? He turned back round took a deep breath, stretched out one wing and began. Well, it all started when I was just a young hatch. The little fox wasn't listening. As he began to speak, 
down, 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 down fell that sweet, juicy, ripe piece of cheese right into the little fox's waiting jaws with a snap. She grinned up at him, turned her back and trotted back to her mother and the other cubs. And that night when they all gathered in the den to sleep, it wasn't her mother who told the story, but the littlest fox cub. Thanks to Amy Douglas for that tale. Stories like that one are called fables because they usually have a little life lesson in them. I wonder what you think the mummy fox was trying to teach her children in that story. Apart from how to trick crows to give up their cheese, that is, maybe you could talk about it with your grown-up. And remember, we have another story coming out this weekend. On Sunday, our royal bonus story to commemorate Queen Elizabeth II. It's time now for me to dig deep into my bag, not of cheese, but of happies, and say some thank yous. First, I'd like to say a very big thank you to all our subscribers. You're helping us to keep making this podcast. And thanks to all our Patreon and Apple subscribers and all of you who've given us a one-off donation on Ko-fi. Every little helps, or, as they say in Spain, a little soup makes a happy face. If you'd like to give a one-off donation of any amount on Ko-fi, or subscribe to our podcast on Patreon and get to be a member of our Owlets Club and get bonus stories, early access and advert-free, then go to our website on supergreatkidsstories.com or to subscribe on Apple and get all those benefits, including joining the Owlets Club, then go to Apple Podcasts. If you're already an Apple subscriber and would like to join our Owlets Club, you get word searches and storytelling tips and book recommendations. Just send us a message and we'll tell you how to join. And lots of you have been sending us super kind reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thanks very much to Flora and Clara in Australia. And also in Australia to Isis, who is five, and Eva, who is three. And to their mum. And thanks to six-year-old Izzy and three-year-old Alice in Great Britain. And thank you for your kind message to siblings from Singapore, six-year-old Avery and 11-year-old Valerie. They really like listening to super great kids' stories while travelling in the car with their mum. Now, you've all been drawing beautiful pictures of our stories to share on our Facebook page. So here's some thank yous to super great kids who've sent in pictures recently. Thanks to Cody in the UK, who is six, who listens to Super Great Kids stories with her siblings, Senan, who is four, and Casper, who is two. Cody drew an imaginative picture of Baba Yaga, the Russian witch, while on a long journey home from Cornwall last week. Thank you, Cody. Your Baba Yaga is so terrifying. I like the darkness all around her and the flamboyant fence with the skulls. And thanks to Izzy from Mullumbimby in Australia, who has drawn an imaginative picture of the four dragons. Izzy, what a great drawing. 
I really like the way you've drawn the dragons so distinctively according to their names and how there's a sort of rainbow trail all around them. And I like the way you've got your dragons peering into the picture from above to show that they like to fly while they play. It's super great. Aren't dragons the best? Thanks for sharing it. And Layla, who is eight, and Willow, who is five, from Shingle Springs in California, have sent super great pictures of Nora and the Aki fruit and of Water Mama. Oh, thanks both of you. I like the way the two sisters are standing on opposite sides of the magic river and the way Angel is encouraging Nora to give just one Aki fruit to the river. And I like the pale image of Water Mama standing on the harbour rock with her tail behind her looking a bit ghost-like. It's a scary story, isn't it? And several of you have been inspired by the story of the griffin. Six-year-old Ocean from Shepperton in Surrey has sent a marvellous lion-like griffin with a feathered mane of assorted colours and feathers on its tail. Very imaginative. The griffin looks really strong. I like his eyes too. They're a bit scary. You're right, Ocean. Jack was really brave to go in search of the griffin after everyone told him how scary he was. Thanks very much for sharing this. And Enzo from New Jersey counts the griffin amongst his favourite stories too. He's drawn a lovely picture of the griffin story, including the griffin's glitter castle and the rowing boat on the river and the nest with a lock of hair in it and the griffin trying to sleep and asking, what's wrong now? Why can't you let me sleep? Very entertaining. And yes, thank you. I did have fun trying to find the three feathers in your drawing. And five-year-old Dahlia from London has sent us some wonderful pictures of the griffin and the Pied Piper. Dahlia's griffin has strong legs and a tail which looks tigerish and a neck and head like an eagle. Very imaginative. And I love your Pied Piper with his brightly coloured tunic and exotic hat. I like the way you've drawn all the children dressed in blue while the Pied Piper stands out in his brightly coloured clothes. And Oscar, who is five, from Glenboig in Scotland, has sent a scary picture of the ogre's castle from Jack in the Beanstalk. Oscar, I love your strong castle. I'm glad to hear you like listening to the stories with your brothers Louis and Ben. And Isla, who is six from Dublin in Ireland, has sent a detailed picture of Baba Yaga, the Russian witch's hut. Their chicken legs are magnificent. And I like the tall door and the many windows and the fence all around. Thanks very much for sharing this. Darren, who is six from West Virginia in the United States, is a big fan of Baba Yaga stories. Me too, Darren. She's such a scary witch. I like your Baba Yaga's hat and green boots and green face. And the trees all around, which add to the scariness. And Vasilisa the Beautiful, who is clutching her blue doll. Really good. Thanks for sharing it. And Super Great Kids Stories fan Benny, who is seven, from Albuquerque in New Mexico, has sent a really fun drawing of the cat and the parrot. Your parrot looks very cheeky, Benny. And I love the colours you've used. And the cat looks terrifying, which he is. I wouldn't want him as a friend, would you? And the king looks super grumpy. 
You're very good at giving character to your people and animals. Thanks so much for sharing more of your artistic talents with us. And finally, Sam, who is seven, has been inspired by the Anansi stories to write his own trickster tale about a cheetah. So pleased to see that, Sam. Welcome to the world of storytelling. Well, that's it for this week. If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash stories. Thanks to all our subscribers for making this episode possible. And if you're a subscriber in the Owlets Club, I hope you're enjoying the word searches and the storytelling tips. Ooh, and it's only three weeks away until our live Super Great Kids show at the Irish Centre in Hammersmith in London on October the 9th. As of this Friday, the 16th of September, there are still some tickets left. Do come along and see us if you can. And remember, we have another story coming out this weekend on Sunday, our royal bonus story to commemorate Queen Elizabeth II. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London. <laughs> <laughs>